I would just like to say that even though I'm looking all of this up on Wikipedia, it's still a lot of work because then I'm putting it into my own words unless I'm specifically quoting. Absolutely. So I would just like still everyone research. to please give me a nice little pat on the back. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I need. <laughs> um, I'm proud of you, Madison. Thank you. You're welcome. Where else can I get information? Yeah. If it's not on Wikipedia, it's probably not worth knowing. Yeah. And it's not real. Hi, campers. Welcome to Museum Camp. I'm Megan. I'm Madison. Hello. Hi. Welcome. We've really found our rhythm. We have. With that entrance. That's great. What's going on with you? Nothing. Um, I am trying to keep warm. We've had our fire going all day. Um, last So yesterday in our timeline was Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. We were going to, you know, like sit by the fire, but it was still too cold in our like back room where the fire is. So instead we just ate steak on the couch in our pajamas. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> Did you guys watch Breaking Bad? We did. We watched Breaking Bad. We watched the new episodes of Servant. Oh, Servant. It's getting crazy. I believe it. We took a break from everything because season four of Outlander is on Netflix. And we were like, (laughs) that's Valentine's appropriate. Uh, Yes, definitely. So we put on Outlander. We made chicken wings. Amazing. And then we went and got a Grater's Cookie Monster Sunday. It was I'm so, so good. Yeah. Um, how's your week been? Other than Valentine's snowy. Day. Snowy. Just snowy. Oh, yeah. It's like we're up to our ears in it in Cincinnati. So I've been working from home and nothing exciting has happened. <laughs> what about you? Well, speaking of working from home, I would just like to take a quick minute to talk about the viral video from this week of the lawyer on Zoom who turned into a cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you see that? I, of course I did. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, yeah, I forgot that you, you know, are, you also have the internet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do, but I'm not always up on the memes. So I know. Yeah. It's so good. That's all I had to say about that. That wasn't. Yeah, we approve is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah. We approve. Go watch it. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I wrote this down, I had like just seen it and I didn't know it had become like a full meme. And so I was hoping that maybe it would like sneak by and I would get to introduce it to you or introduce you to it. That was not the case. The internet moves so fast. But yeah. A mile an hour. <laughs> that fast. Yes. Do you have any good Reddit articles as per usual? Um, the only one I saw this week that I wrote down was that um, I saw breakdancing has become an official Olympic sport. Wow. (laughs) So get your mats ready. Yeah. I don't know. Your cardboard boxes. Yeah, get your cardboard ready. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. How does Um, one judge breakdancing? You know... (laughs) 
<laughs> what's the judicial and also, process? What are, yeah. And what are the qualifications to become a breakdancing judge, especially an inaugural one? Yeah. Like you have really had to have already made a name for yourself in and the breakdancing world. I can't think of one famous breakdancer. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Same. Yeah. Uh, just go watch, you know, old episodes of Ellen. I'm sure she's had. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. I'm sure she's had them on. Um, we do have some exciting news. Uh, we got another Patreon member. <gasps> and that's right. It is my mom. <laughs> and we love her. I just want to say shout out to moms because they are just the most supportive people. Yeah. But Anne, we just love you. And yeah. you're so supportive. She's listened to every episode. <sighs> and I think I told you this, Madison, but something that my mom told me um, a couple weeks ago was that in true mom fashion, she was on a statewide Zoom meeting for her job. And for her like icebreaker portion, she told everyone about my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, so shout out to moms uh, and shout out to Anne, my mom. Camper of the week. Camper of the week. We love ya. And that's all I have. Same, but I do have a lot of museum to cover. Let's do it. So let's just dive right in. I'm excited. Cut to the chase. I'm excited too. I was actually going to bring a prop um, okay. to this Zoom meeting, but then I just came directly from work, which means I haven't left this seat. Mm. So, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> How is your butt? It's <laughs> our new segment. <laughs> Paul, how's everybody's quarantine butt doing? <laughs> have you, have you, not have you stood up in a while? Yeah. <laughs> Here that's important. Can't confirm. Um, standing, I don't know her. Um, <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so the prop I was going to bring is the hat that I've sent you a picture of that says spreadsheets mm -hmm. that Matthew got me for Christmas. The best. Um, because today we are visiting the Hat Works Museum of Hatting. Yay! In a little place called Manchester, the United Kingdom. Love it. That's the most British thing to have a museum of hatting. It's extremely <laughs> British. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so much of this museum, of course, is a history museum. It's not as much a collection. It's it's about the history of hat making. Okay. Um, so I have a lot of information for you today. So buckle in. So millinery, millinery, should have looked up how to pronounce that. It's, it's the design, manufacture, and sale of hats and headwear. So in a quote from Wikipedia, which, by the way, is where I got the entirety of my information. Okay. Um, <laughs> Classic. Um, 
It's, <laughs> although some definitions limit the term millinery to women's hats, hats are applied to all human beings. <laughs> Sure. So we're starting off strong, having a lot of confidence in this research. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, all human beings. And then it lists women, men, and children. <laughs> okay. Um, historically, milliners, typically women shopkeepers, produced or imported an inventory of garments for men, women, and children and sold these garments in their millinery shop. Um, so something I didn't really know is that uh, throughout history, the, the millinery, the hat making industry has been largely female dominated, which is cool. And while there has been a lot of technological advancement and machinery made for the industry, it still requires such a high level of craftsmanship and creativity as not every process can be replaced by machines. So you really have to, you really have to be good at it. Yeah. Um, the term milliner originated from the word Milan, as in Italy, um, and was describing merchants who sold the best finery from Milan in the early 16th century. Hmm. So We love etymology. We love etymology. It's our and passion. Milan. It's yeah. our passion. <laughs> um, and Milano's, do you think it's the same? The best. <laughs> There's still um, lots of well-known millinery schools around the world, especially in Europe. Um, and due to COVID-19, some are even offering online courses now. Oh. Um, so you can do that. Aspiring milliners still usually follow an apprenticeship model. Um, so that whole thing, because I didn't really realize that hat making was still such a like craft mm -hmm. um, or that it could be a career. I thought it would just be like a factory thing. So I looked up, I looked for milliners on LinkedIn. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> As one does. Yeah. And they don't have a huge uh, LinkedIn presence. That's I found a weird. few groups for, uh, you know, milliners and they only have like six members each. Huh. So we got to get those numbers up. Yeah. I don't know how to break into that market. Mm-hmm. Um, but if anyone knows, let me know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have no idea what a typical career looks like or like, what would you go to school for? Do you yeah. need to go to school? What's your median salary? Yeah. Oh yeah. I would love to know that. <laughs> Did you check Glassdoor? No, but I'll, I'll do that later. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I'll report back. Um, now, this will surprise you. Millinery history does seem to, in fact, be a bit whitewashed. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what a surprise. Um, so it typically covers the luxury, fashionable hat making of Western culture and pretty much entirely ignores the rich cultural history of Africans, uh, Asian and South American styles of hats, mm -hmm. um, which are usually made of straw, which I assume, you know, people thought of as like a lesser material because it didn't come from Milan. Sure. So Western hats tend to be almost entirely meant as a symbol of status or fashion, while non-Western hats tend to be much more practical. Um, so a few examples I pulled from Wikipedia, the straw hat in Africa is designed to be used as not only just a hat and a fashion statement, um, but a basket for cropping so you can okay. put stuff in there. Protection from the sun and heat. Protection mm -hmm. from the rain. A means to divert and or attract animals. 
which is both. Well, I, I mean, not at the same time. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just depends on the animals. Some animals love a flashy hat. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> um, what I think it is, is like if you're getting attacked by something, you can throw your hat far away and it will maybe oh. go after the hat and then you can run. Yeah. Um, that might have just been a cartoon and I'm just, you know, projecting. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but then the attract part, I don't, I don't know. Maybe if it's like, red and you're insane, <laughs> you know, you I do don't know. The if I, if I want Leroy to come here and he's like being stubborn, I'll just like grab whatever is closest to me and I'll hold it up. Like it's something he might want. And then he comes running. So maybe that's, that's a similar psychology. there. <laughs> Dogs love everything. They love everything. They're so excited. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can divert and attract animals and you can express creativity. Uh, there are also elements of social status as well as symbolic ceremonial and religious uses in African straw hats. Um, another example, obviously, this is not a comprehensive list because it's Wikipedia, um, but <laughs> in Japan, there was a veiled type of hat that lengthened to the hips and sometimes even the knees. Oh, um, this was designed to prevent passersby from seeing the ver- from seeing the features of noble ladies. So mm. I, they didn't have a picture of that one. And I don't know how to like, I couldn't Google like straw hat that covers your knees. Yeah. <laughs> I don't so, have a good mental image. I don't have a good be. mental image. The Japanese have typically also used various straw hat styles as a means of personal identification. So, for example, samurais would wear a different hat um, style. And then there are monks who are doing certain like specific duties are mm-hmm. wearing a different type of hat. Um, there are dancers at specific festivals that would wear a different type of hat. So it's that means of identification. Mm-hmm. Um, this museum, however, focuses on specifically British hat making, um, and specifically that, like the history of the surrounding area. So it's specifically, I don't know how England works in terms of geography. Okay. (laughs) Uh, because this says it's in Stockport, which is greater Manchester, England. So Mm -hmm. Stockport, just like a neighborhood in Manchester is a city. That sounds right. Yeah, I'm going to go with it. So they're mostly focusing on the history of Stockport and how influential it was in the textiles and hatting industry. Um, it was a very significant city for textiles in the UK. Uh, first started in the silk trade. This is such a f- funny little side note that even though it doesn't really have all that much to do, it really made me laugh. So up until like 1717-ish, England really couldn't compete with Italy in terms of silk production. Uh, They Mm -hmm. couldn't make silk good enough for the use that they wanted, which was the warp thread in woven fabrics, which Mm -hmm. I believe warp is the like vertical string that you then weave things through. Mm -hmm. But in about 1717, this guy named John Lome went to Italy to study the design of their machinery. And then he proceeded to return to Stockton, copy everything that they did and patent the design. (laughs) I mean, so classic. Could not be more classic. Um, So he patented the design and then started production. Uh, Silk spinners all over the area successfully petitioned Parliament to not allow him to renew his patent a few years later in 1732. (laughs) 
uh, and silk mills started popping up all over Stockport. It became a huge epicenter of the textile industry in the UK. Uh, soon, some other guy named Samuel Oldno uh, started trading cotton warp thread. And it, it sounded like he was kind of doing it on the DL where he was okay. like, <laughs> he moved to town, bought a house, bought some land, and then had like this cotton thread and was just like handing it to people. And was like... <laughs> Hey, isn't this nice? And then he would have them make something with it and then give it back to him. <laughs> sure. I, I don't know. It, that, it didn't make a ton of sense. Um, <laughs> and so <laughs> he started trading cotton warp thread and kind of made it more popular. He took advantage of the water power site because a lot of the machines in the silk um, spinning industry, and I assume cotton spinning as well, were powered by water. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he took advantage of kind of the infrastructure that they already had with the water and the availability of a large workforce, meaning women and children, uh, to expand the city's cotton processing in the late 18th century. So already a nice long history. Uh, Hat making was then established in North Cheshire and Southeast Lancashire by the 16th century. In the early 19th century, the number of hatters in the area began to increase and a reputation for quality work was created. That was a direct quote from Wikipedia, by the way, that last point. Mm. So just credit where credit's due. Um, (laughs) So that's kind of the landscape that this museum is in. And while the museum itself was open in the year 2000, uh, it is in a building called Wellington Mill, which had a long history prior to its museum hood um, in this textile kind of boom. Um, It was built in 1830 as an early fireproof cotton spinning mill, which was just a real brag because that apparently was really expensive to build. Um, And so it was built by Thomas Marsland, uh, whose family ran a prominent dyeing business, D-Y-E. They were dyeing things (laughs) (laughs) in the late 1700s. I think his father was in the silk production, if I remember correctly. Um, But he himself shifted more to calico printing, and then his business was the largest of its kind in Europe. So he was a big deal. Oh, wow. Uh, The mill itself was part of Marsland's industrial complex, and it was built on land adjacent to their printing works. I think I texted you about this that I, you know, I said, I'm doing research and this, whoever wrote this Wikipedia article may or may not have been drunk because there's just a lot of like extraneous words and punctuation and things that don't make a lot of sense. Um, And this was a big part of where, where that issue uh, prevailed. So I'm not totally sure about the next point, but from what I can gather, (laughs) um, there was a complex series of partnerships and shares being bought out of this whole industrial complex. Somehow worked in there, there was a guy named Richard Hole, which, you know, you know. Yeah, self-explanatory. Self-explanatory dick hole, Nathan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was unnecessarily aggressive. Um, 
So he was in there somehow. I don't really know what he did. Uh, the mill was eventually sold to the Ward Brothers, hat makers extraordinaire who are specialists in hat finishing and trimming. So, of course, in this female-dominated industry, of course, you know, the brothers, the men are the ones yeah. that are going down in history. Sure. Tale as old as time. Uh, it really is. Uh, so, in 1826, the London firm of Miller Christie bought out a local firm of what I'm assuming is hat making. <laughs> Again. Okay possible drunk wikipedia article um and i again couldn't be bothered to look it up elsewhere (laughs) so by the latter part of the century the 18th 1800s uh the hatting industry had changed from manual to merchandise process and it was one of stockport's primary employers uh the area which was near denton was the leading national center. So it had, of course, kind of its ebbs and flows um, in terms of industries. It had its booms and busts. um, But Mm -hmm. overall, that's sort of what it was known for in that part of the UK. Uh, Then support industries such as block making, trimmings, and leatherware also kind of cropped up, became uh, established nearby. Uh, The First World War cut off overseas markets, which established local industries and eroded Stockport's eminence. This is a direct quote from Wikipedia. Um, Mm. If, you know, if my use of the word words eroded and eminence weren't clear. Uh, Even so, in 1932, more than 3,000 people worked in the industry, making it the third biggest employer after textiles and engineering. Wow. The depression of the 1930s and changes in fashion greatly reduced the demand for hats, and the demand that existed was met by cheaper wool products made elsewhere. Uh, Then in 1966, the largest of the region's remaining felt hat manufacturers merged with Christie & Co. to form Associated British Hat Manufacturers, uh, leaving Christie's and Wilson's as the last two factories in production. Don't know who Wilson is. But he's just another hat maker. Just some guy. Yeah. Yeah. Some guy. Uh, The Wilson's (laughs) factory closed in 1980, followed by the Christie's factory in 1997, bringing to an end over 400 years of hatting in the area. Wow. Of course. I love also that there's this 400 year period where hatting is such a big thing. And then it's gone for three years until they make a museum. Like, I I don't know. Three years is such a funny time. To yeah, wait, to it's build, a very like, a short amount. museum. It's very short. right. They're like sitting around the fire, like you know what I really miss hats, <laughs> <laughs> or the idea that like just because hatting is no longer an industry in the area, they're like I don't want people to forget about hats. Yeah, <laughs> we have to make a museum. <laughs> Save the hats. Um. <laughs> um The Hat Works Hatting Museum is an impressive collection of 20th century British hats, primarily. Uh, So they're top hats, bowler hats, trilbies, which I looked up and they're basically just felt fedoras, as far as I could tell. Hombergs, which are um, what Winston Churchill is wearing in like every picture of him ever. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, (laughs) And then many other different types. They have over 500 hats in their collection, around 250 of which are on display at any given point. Although Mm. right now they are um, closed indefinitely for renovations. So it's a nice change of being closed (laughs) um, per plan as opposed to out of force COVID. Um, So they have 
of course, a ton of information on the history of padding, some of which we just covered briefly. Hatworks Ground Floor provides an introduction to fur felt hat making, which I don't know what fur felt hat making is, but that's directly from their website, so I kept it. Um, it which warm. began to concentrate. Yeah, it sounds so. Which began to concentrate in the Stockport area from the 17th century. Um, a farmer making hats to supplement his income is shown preparing fur to be shaped into hats. So. An old school side hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, Hatworks introduces mechanization of the hatting industry to its visitors with a hatter's cottage. Uh, visitors can walk through the back kitchen of a small terraced house to see how a worker in a hat factory might have lived in the 19th century when hatting became an urban occupation. Uh, the, <laughs> the late 19th century was the heyday of the hat. Which... <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm assuming they're meaning like the fancy, you know, millinery hats because I feel like everyone wears hats these days, but they're just like beanies and stuff. (laughs) So maybe it's not. Yeah. But heyday is a bold assertion. That is. I agree. Um, But when I think of like 19th century, I mean, yeah, I, I see intricately designed large Cinderella stepsisters. Yes. <laughs> That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very uh, Kentucky Derby type yeah. of Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the heyday of that type of hat, they can, they can have that. I'll give it to them. Mm-hmm. In, so, my favorite type of exhibit in all museum kind um, is when they do a recreation of like an office or a room in someone's house or the house itself. And you can go in and just like pretend that you're right there. That's my favorite thing of all time. Love it. Like love that. Love Ikea for that reason. Uh, yeah. It's practically a museum. It, it is. Um, I love what's up. Oh, the Henry Ford in Michigan. They have some village and it's just all of these old like historic places Greenfield Village, maybe they have all these mm. old historic places. We should definitely go, and yes. um, you can just like go in. I think I walked into like Robert Frost's house. And I know it was so cool. I hope that yeah. wasn't a fever dream. I think that was real. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you always have one foot in reality and one foot in a fever dream. <laughs> yes. I really do. (laughs) Put that on my, on my tombstone. Just both feet in a fever dream now. (laughs) I love that we have now introduced uh, listeners to our years old joke of put that on my tombstone. This is something Madison and I have been saying for as long as we've been friends. I forgot that was even like something that no one else really said. Because I say it so often. Yeah, the, you know, and we have different um, versions of it, which are, you know, make that my epitaph, things like that, where if it's just a really good motto. I do that on my forehead. Um, Oh, man. So Greenfield Village, highly recommend if that's a real place. (laughs) Well, it's what I imagine. I've never been to Gettysburg, but I imagine that's. Or, nope, not Gettysburg, Colonial Williamsburg. A different burg. Oh. 
they're they're not similar. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I imagine Williamsburg is like, where you just go in and you pretend that you're there. Yeah. So yeah, they have a recreation of a hat block maker's workshop and office. So they even have like plans, you know, still like scattered around and head measurements that. and things like that. Do you think there's any other industry where having somebody else's head measurement isn't creepy? Um, Brain surgeon? Still, I was going to say, do they still do lobotomies? <laughs> Uh, I don't think they follow that anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe like, uh, nope, can't think of anything where it's not weird. Yeah. It's going to be weird unless you're a hatter. Yeah. So, uh, and then to clarify also, hat blocks are just wooden molds that look like heads um, that they use to build their hats around. And apparently that's like the main piece of equipment for a hat maker is you have to have, which a hat maker's workshop seems like a pretty creepy place to be because not only are there head measurements everywhere, there's also Mm -hmm. all of these little wooden heads. Yeah. That's so creepy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can just imagine like working there late at night by like candlelight, and there's just, just keep seeing people over your shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So visitors are in for a real treat at Hatworks. There are celebrity hats, like one belonging to Charlie Chaplin. Oh, so they also have his head measurements there. So okay. I think even though this is a hatting museum, it's still creepy that they have Charlie's head measurements, but. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, some people might want that information. Yeah. (laughs) For their life-sized true duration. (laughs) Yeah, for accuracy. Charlie Chaplin wax figure. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Madame Tussaud probably has head measurements. Okay. (laughs) That's true. Um, there's a variety of machinery and examples of all sorts of different types of hats. There's one picture I saw <laughs> that was a display, um, that had like, it, I couldn't quite read the caption cause it was just in like a TripAdvisor review. So it wasn't a great quality photo, but it was like, uh, it said something like a hat for everyone or something like that. And there was just like <laughs> a construction hat, one of those like spiky British police officer hats, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, a chef's hat <laughs> <laughs> and a pirate hat. But like, <laughs> did, you know, what's the authenticity of your classic, like, uh, you know, SpongeBob style pirate hat? I don't feel right. like that has to be. I can't, I can't be right. Cause it wasn't like a tri-corner one, like in Pirates of the Caribbean. Like it was, I don't know. It was funny. Like what shape was it? Um, kind of like an inchworm, like squished up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> did that, did that clear it up for you? <laughs> no. <Okay. laughs> Okay, well, then I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) I'll Google it later. (laughs) It was just very, like, costumey, where it was, Mm. like, instead of it being tri-cornered, it was like, it it was like the Captain Crunch hat. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, Captain Crunch is known for being very authentically <laughs> historic when it comes to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They don't call. Was it like the Pharrell crunch. hat? The what? The Pharrell hat? No. Do you remember that when he is wore that? that? He wore the really tall one. Yeah. No, they do have um, a top hat that is said to be the tallest in the world, but I couldn't find a picture, so I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, prove it. What if it's just that hat? (laughs) (laughs) Um, This museum seems to be very fun for family, for children, Um, because there's a whole, like dress up area where they have all these fun hats that then you can try on and take pictures. They have all these like props that you can pose with and things like that. So that's fun. Um, There's a station where you can make a hat to take home. And then there's also like antique hat boxes and ads and some of the kind of peripheral Mm -hmm. hat memorabilia. And before we get to the reviews, I have one other thing. Um, and that is Mad Hatter's disease. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering if we were going to get to this. Oh, are we ever? <laughs> um, I feel like I knew this once upon a time, but it felt like new information. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mad Hatter's disease refers to mercury poisoning, which was common in the area at the time because milliners used mercury in the hat making process, uh, which apparently was used to make felt. I don't know if mm-hmm. it was like, like surely there wasn't felt made out of mercury. So it would have to I be like somehow not. in the production. Yeah. Um, and so victims of Mad Hatter's disease would suffer slurred speech tremors stumbling and hallucinations Mm. um and then i thought this was very interesting though tangential uh there's some historical significance of mad hatter's disease as well there's obviously a lot of documented cases of it um, from milliners both in europe and in the u.s uh, throughout history but um so you remember abraham lincoln (laughs) how could i forget (laughs) Uh, and how he was shot by John Wilkes Booth. Um, Well, then in turn, Booth was shot by a guy named Boston Corbett, which is a real douchebag name, I think. But (laughs) yeah, um, trust fund kid. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) never been a more trust fund kid than someone named Boston Corbett. Um, so Corbett spent his early life as a hat maker, and it is believed that the effects of his early life job affected his decision making for his future. He was considered mad as a hatter because he was in the army or something. So he was going against orders when he had Booth cornered in a barn in Virginia and he just shoot it. She shoot it. He just shot Booth <laughs> instead of taking him alive. <laughs> Wow. Got really caught up in the moment. Um, (laughs) So then it gets crazier because after investigation, Corbett was forgiven for his disobedience. He was white. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. (laughs) In a shocking twist. (laughs) A white guy got away with being a complete dick. (laughs) Sorry, Nathan. No offense. (laughs) But all offense, honestly. But also, you're on mute, so I can't fight <laughs> back. Um, so he was forgiven for his disobedience, but left the army and went back to hat making. 
So after a few years, he was even crazier than before and even more mad than people had once thought. And he was thrown into an insane asylum. He managed to escape and then was never seen or heard from again. Yikes. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So he could be Nathan. So everyone seems to really love the Hat Museum. There's one review here that says, in all caps, (laughs) and I feel like this is one that Megan and I could have written, (laughs) Um, but it says, all caps, I love the Hat Museum. Um, And this is by Lionel on TripAdvisor. And their review says, I love the Hat Museum. I went here with my friends when we missed our bus. Better than waiting in the cold. We had the time of our lives. Stayed hours. Could not get over the grand scope of this place. Such a good time. If you're interested in hats, craft, history, or, all caps, fun, come to the Hat Museum. Every second is a godsend. (laughs) Wow. And that is an all-encompassing group of people. If you don't have an interest (laughs) with one of those things on that list, who are you? (laughs) Boston Corbett? I don't want to know you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just slamming Boston Corbett. I'll never stop. No, I'll never stop. Um, What's the opposite of camper of the week? Boston Corbett. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, camp, camp, this campus dunce <laughs> of the week. Uh, yeah, the one who gets, who like his punishment is helping the lunch lady or something. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, this one, no, that's not that funny. I'm not going to read it. Um, this <laughs> this one really makes me laugh. It's by Andre H. Um, four stars. <laughs> it says, great if you are into hats and hatting. <laughs> Luckily, we are. <laughs> Particularly <laughs> enjoyed the history of hatting in this town. Well-arranged attraction, helpful guides, and we all learned something. <laughs> Um, well, that could have gone either way. Well, and there were a few where it did go the other way because there were a few, um, (laughs) there were a few reviews that were like, don't go if you don't love hats or something. It was like very threatening. (laughs) Sure. Is the Hatworks Hatting Museum of Stockport, Greater Manchester, England, the United Kingdom? Amazing. Oh my God, thank you. Just gorgeous. There were so many. The thing is, is like, because a lot of these museums that we do are so silly and whimsical, we don't often get to really dive into history. Mm hmm. Because oftentimes, yeah, well, and oftentimes there's not a lot of recorded (laughs) history of the items that we're discussing. Yeah, that was really cool. 
I loved it. Thank you. Yeah, it was it was fun. I want to read more about like textiles now. Yeah. I think there's a textiles museum. I think you're right. Well, thank yeah. you so much. That was amazing. Oh, man, you're welcome. Hats off. <laughs> May your hats fly as high as your dreams. <laughs> How many office references is that in one episode? <laughs> it's got to be like so many, like it's five. so many. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone for listening. We're just so happy that you are here. And, you know, we hope you consider joining our Patreon. You heard that beautiful shout out that I gave in the beginning of this. Oh, yeah. We will mad lib the fuck out of your shout out. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. We should do that where like one of us will write a generic shout out and then ask the other for adjectives. <laughs> That's our first Patreon gift is you get your own custom Mad Lib. <laughs> okay, great. We'll do that next time. Okay. Um, and if you want a Mad Lib, go to patreon.com slash the Meg Lib. <laughs> yeah, Meg Lib. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, boy. <sighs> well, you know, guys, don't be a Boston Corbett. <laughs> Subscribe rate review yeah leave a review please and check us out on social media we're everywhere yeah you name it we're there visit our website themuseumcamp.com there's so much to explore uh there are blog posts there's a whole about me section where you can learn about mine and madison's friendship and i know Mm -hmm. you're just dying to know it's a beautiful story it is oprah is involved yeah, heavily. As she is in everything. <laughs> uh, and we will see you all next week. Yeah, sorry if we offended any trust fund kids named Boston. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry either. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>